Hot off the grill, bitch. It's My Dad's a Chef, presented by What Do You Mean Productions and sponsored by Kyle's Ketchup. His dad's a lunch lady. Kyle's Ketchup. I'm your host, Bill, along, uh, well, my dad's at least a chef, and I know what I'm talking about, but I'm not joined by Kyle this week. I am joined by a special guest host because Kyle could not make the podcast this week. And that is one John Parsons. Johnny, what's going on, kid? How you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How you doing, Bill? I'm doing great. Uh, thank you for uh, joining us as a guest on the pod this week. Uh, as we said, Kyle, whose dad is a lunch lady, uh, was unable <laughs> to join us this week. So uh, to Kyle, that, that makes it two. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> And uh, okay. and now he's a baseball guy in three strikes zero. <laughs> <laughs> oh, of course, I'm kidding. Maybe. But John, the thing about you, although your dad's not a chef, which I'm assuming your dad's he, not. He's not. He's not. Okay. Um, uh, you do have food background. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what your background in food is? Yeah. So I have worked in a bakery for like 10 years now. So, which is kind of funny because like when I'm at home, I don't bake ever. I, I cook every day. I couldn't tell you the last time I actually baked something. Is it just like one of those things where it's like you do it all day and it's just like, I, once I get home, I just have zero interest in doing it. That's definitely part of it. It's 100% part of it. Um, but I also like, I think what I like more about cooking is I can kind of improvise a little more. Baking, if I improvise, I know I'm going to screw it up somehow. And it's hard to like, I can't pull like a cake out of the oven and go, oh, this sucks. What am I going to do now? Like if I'm cooking something on the stove, I can be like, oh, this kind of stinks. Let me add this and this to it and try to doctor it up a little bit. It's so funny because every single person that we've had conversations with who either is a chef or a baker or just involved in the food industry in general is like, yes, baking is so much more of a science than cooking is. Baking, if you cannot deviate from that formula at all. And like, kind of like what you're saying, cooking, you can add a spice or add uh, any sort of liquid if you're doing something that has a sauce like it there's so many different ways to to do it but do you like like do you like what you do every day though like is it fun to at least bake because one thing we've said on this podcast before is like we would want to be able to bake to like make people happy yeah it's um it's all right it's um it's just a lot of work Mm -hmm. so it's it can be stressful at times it's on your feet constantly Mm. Um, and then there's like the little things about the job too, that you don't think about that aren't even necessarily the, the cooking related where you got to move the, when I got to move 15, 50 pound bags of flour or like do all that stuff. That's when it starts. That's, that's the worst part of it all. If I didn't have to do any of that, it would be awesome. <laughs> but yeah, no, I enjoy it. I enjoy it. What, uh, so where is the bakery that you work at? If you can say, yeah, yeah. It's in uh, Boxford, Mass. So like right, right on the line, right on the line between like three towns over there. It's like right by North Andover, Haverhill and Boxford, like right in that little triangle there. And we do, they do um, like some pastry and stuff, some cookies, stuff like that. But mostly do like dinner pies, like chicken pie or turkey pie, stuff like that. 
That's actually wicked cool. I know there's a place uh, in Lawrence, uh, Thwatties, I think is what it's called. They do a oh like, yeah the I've mini their, pot pies. They're little ones. Yeah, they have a bunch of like cool little flavors and stuff like that too. I've had like a barbecue chicken like little hand pie from there before, and it was great. Yeah, they do like chicken, pork. Uh, they think they've done a beef before. I, they have a buffalo chicken one that's really, really good. I, I'm a big buffalo chicken guy. Yeah, me too. Me too. So uh, one question I wanted to ask you, since you are a baker, what do you believe is the ultimate pastry? And since you Ooh. said that you guys do like, you know, dinner pies and stuff like that, I'm, I'll yep. allow that to be in there. Okay. Um, I think I want to stick with like the dessert pastry. And I think mine, my ultimate pastry for like versatility would be just like a turnover nice piece of pie crust whatever filling you want fold that pie crust over bake it depending on you can make savory ones i've made savory ones before or you could do sweet like i love like a a good blueberry turnover is great but i've done like meatball parm ones before that are also very good so it's it's, i think it's it's real real versatile and as long as you have a good pie crust it's going to be good. And I'm assuming you guys make your own pie crusts. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that's like a key? To the oh, process? for sure. For sure. It's got to be, you can't have like, I've had pie crusts some places that's, that's too flaky and it almost feels like phyllo dough and it doesn't, it doesn't give you the same feel as like a pie or sometimes you get, it's too dense and it's almost, it's like, just like hard to chew through. There's like a fine line. That makes sense. I the second you said blueberry turnover, like I was mouthful instantly watering. Oh yeah, blueberry is my go-to like pastry flavor for like blueberry and raspberry are my two go-tos for like pastries. Oh for sure, I'm I like anything berry for a filling. Like yeah, apples. It depends on what it is. If they're like good fresh apples with like a decent amount of cinnamon in it, I'm Mm -hmm. usually pretty favorable towards it. Yeah, I I'm not a huge apple guy. I don't dislike them. I just never like choose to go for them yeah and that's kind of like the same thing with like a like a lemon tart or anything like that too like i typically try and stray away from okay those. see i'm the opposite i all, i love lemon i love anything like any citrus aside from grapefruit i'm not not a grapefruit guy but orange lemon lime anything anything like that i love well anybody who follows this podcast knows that i fucking hate orange like, <laughs> yeah yeah oh, i knew that <laughs> but, but i like i like some things lemon like like italian lemon cookies for instance like really big fan of those yeah um those are definitely a top tier pastry for me personally i'm a lobster tail guy oh i, I really love, lobster, love tails. lobster tails love lobster tails anything with that like cannoli type filling in it it's yeah oh, fantastic such i could sucker. just eat that by the spoonful <laughs> there was, I grew up with an Italian bakery right down the road for me, Piro's. In oh yeah. Piro's is great. Yeah. I literally could walk there if I really wanted to. That's like, awesome. It yep. was in, it was so close and oh, there was so <laughs> many lobster tails and the Italian rainbow cookies. Yo. Like I said, the, the lemon cookies, oh, I definitely ate pretty good when I was a kid. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. Those, I gotta say like for like desserts, like if I was going to pick like I think it- Italian desserts are like my favorites for sure. Oh, like yeah. I love cannolis, like lobster tails. Tiramisu is one of my all-time favorites too. That's such a slept-on dessert. Tiramisu. Oh, it's so good! It's so good. So <laughs> slept-on. Oh, it's it's not too sweet. You get a nice like the creamy texture from the mascarpone cheese, and just oh, so good. Hey, have you listened to our ASMR of the month yet? Have you joined the contest on our Instagram page? If you haven't, make sure you head over to at my dad's a chef pod, check out the ASMR of the month post for the month you're listening at, 
and see what you can win. Damn, Bill. It honestly, it just gets better and better every week. I mean, so consistent, never fucks it up. Honestly, so, so good. But yes, ladies and gentlemen, it is the beginning of the March round of episodes in 2022. So that means a new ASMR of the month is on the way. We want to congratulate our winner on the February 2022, and that was Spaghetti which only one person guessed. And thankfully the one person that guessed got it right. So make sure you guys are checking out our Instagram page at my dad's a chef pod this month. So you can ensure not only your entry, but your potential victory of a $10 gift card to a restaurant you're choosing. Now this month, we're going to be frying something up. So that's going to be one of your first hints, but I'm also going to give you a real hint. The real hint for the first March, 2022 food, ASMR of the month is that you need to wear eye protection when you chop these up. And if that isn't a good first hint, I don't know what the fuck is. <laughs> John, when you're like, when, when you're baking, is there like a lot of noises? Like, is there any satisfying noises that come with baking? Um, hmm. It's tough because everything is kind of just done in the oven. So not, not really. Um, nothing, nothing that really sticks out. Like the, the only thing that really makes the most, like a lot of noise would be like when I'm, you're mixing like pie crust in a machine and I wouldn't call that a satisfying noise. It's just kind of loud and a little annoying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so yeah, it's not, it's, it's pretty quiet, a lot different than, than cooking. It's not like, like, like when I cook, it's like, I always use sound like to like, Oh, is my pan hot enough when I put this in or. But what not. is your what is your favorite cooking sound? That is an ASMR of the month because I know that you know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my favorite cooking sound. Oh, that's a good question. Probably just when you get a nice ripping hot pan, and if I'm doing like a steak on the on in the on the stove top, mm. and that first sizzle when you lay that steak down, it's just very satisfying. Mm. And I think partially too because it's accompanied by the smell of the steak too once it hits that pan, and just that combination is fantastic. It's so crazy how, besides taste, obviously, how important the senses are to food. Oh, I mean, for sure. I think we've definitely talked about this before on the podcast, but I mean, this, the amount of, I guess, like pleasure receptors that your brain gets from seeing good looking food, hearing food, like you said, like a steak sizzling, that's definitely one for me too. Um, you know, smelling the aroma of food. I mean, besides touching it and i mean nobody really likes to touch food i mean that's why we have forks <laughs> and knives but um yeah it's just so crazy how important the senses are to everything especially food wise yeah for sure for sure and that actually is a great transition to what our next talking point is um so prior to uh you coming on we uh discussed a couple topics uh, some that you wanted to bring to the table and one that you suggested was you knew that we talked about cooking steak before but how about the types of steak cuts? I feel like we've never really got into that territory. Uh, so, I mean, take it away. I'm sure that's been something that's on your mind. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And like, like I said, I knew I knew about the, the cooking temps of the steak. So I'm just going to say real quick before we go into the, the cuts of steak. I'm a rare steak guy. Mm, did you? No, no. Yeah. Oh, I know. I, I was a, I was like one of the, the few, if only one person to vote rare on that. So, <laughs> well, I'm sorry that I offended you with their Instagram story today. <laughs> oh, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, 
But um, I am for for cuts of steak. I am ribeye is my number one. That's my go to. Um, bone in or no bone, like either way, I'm going to enjoy it. I think it's got the perfect amount of marbling, and that the fat just gives it such a good flavor. Um, and specifically, I don't know if you've ever dove into dry aged steaks, Bill. No, I actually. I, I'm not. a I'm a big dry aged steak guy, and it's it's not something I do often because they're expensive to buy. They're much more expensive than a regular steak. But if I want to like treat myself to a nice meal, I'll just, I'll, I'll splurge. I'll get myself one just nice dry aged ribeye. Um, and it's, it's interesting. Um, what the dry aging process does to the steak is it, it kind of like it concentrates the flavor and it's almost like a more nutty, like concentrated beef flavor. It's almost like kind of like the blue cheese of steaks. It's almost got that little bit of funkiness to it. Blue cheese of steaks. What yeah, it's kind of, it's, it's a weird, weird way to put it. But if you eat it, you, you'll kind of get what I'm saying. The way you're describing it, like it actually makes total sense. Oh yeah, yeah. It's just, it's, it's very good. Very good. I'm a, a big fan of it. It's something I've wanted to try doing on my own and dry aging my own steaks before. And I've got a mini fridge in my basement that I'm, think I'm going to try to turn into a dry age fridge at some point. What is the process for it? So basically you just have to hang the steaks. You just hang them in a temperature controlled. So you want it to be, I don't remember the exact temperature, but you want to make sure your temperature is controlled, your humidity is controlled and the like airflow is controlled. So basically I would put like a salt block in the bottom to draw some of the moisture out of the air with potentially like a little fan running through it to flow the air. And then the refrigerator would keep it at the right temperature too. And then you let it dry age for however long you can go. Typically it's like 14 days is the shortest, but like I've had, I think you can go dry aged through like 90 days, hundred days. It's yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy how the food stays good that long in this process. And then you, you take it out, you cut it and like the outside will be kind of tough. So you trim the outside off cause it's going to be tough and a little like bitter. But the inside, the steak ends up more tender than a regular, like fresh steak you would get. And it's great. And then you can take that fat and like layer you cut off of the outside. And I've done it where I've ground my own burger before and throw that into the burger as just like just a little bit of that into the burger. And it adds a just like another level of flavor to it. Honestly, like you talking throughout that whole process, like my mouth was just watering a little <laughs> bit more and a little bit more. I've never, no, like I've, I've known that that existed, that process existed, but I've honestly never had a dry aged steak. It's kind of interesting, honestly. I'm kind of surprised I never have now that I'm thinking about it. In terms of my favorite, I feel like ribeye is a pretty good answer as well. I mean, I've had a good filet mignon before, like just like an absolute top tier filet mignon, like my dad, when he has like really like gone above and beyond for dinner, has cooked us like filet mignons before. Like he was just like, all right, we're doing it. I'm ready. <laughs> you know, we're, we're going to do this right. And uh, definitely like it made that my favorite. I don't know about you. I'm not a big prime rib guy. Like I'll be straight up. Like um, I like prime rib, but it's definitely not my go-to. Um. <laughs> I have a good story about my prime rib. I don't know if I've ever told it on, on this podcast okay. before. Okay, I'm interested so, to hear. Um, it was one of the first times I've ever 
try to prime rib. I think I've had prime rib at this point, maybe two or three times in my life. Um, so my girlfriend and I, she went to school in Boston. Um, we were going out. It was a Friday or Saturday night. I don't remember. Um, and we were going out to a restaurant in Boston and it must've been a Saturday night because they had a prime rib special. And prior to us leaving, because we were going to go see a movie, we took edibles. Now, the thing about a Boston movie theater on Friday night, especially before COVID, was, uh, yeah, they were slammed. So needless to say, like, every movie was sold out from, like, 7 to, like, 9.30. And we were like, you know, if we're going to go see a 9.30 movie, let's go get dinner and a couple drinks, right? Which we were going to do anyway. We're going to do that after the movie. But now we're doing it before the movie. Again, took an edible. And we took a train ride. It was all, we were fine on the train ride. And the second we sit down, I see the prime rib special. And I'm like, you know, start feeling myself a little bit, you know, starting to, to feel the effects a little bit. And I'm like, you know what? Like, I think at this point, like I had just gotten my first job out of college too, because my girlfriend did an extra year for her master's. And I you know, had my first job. I'm an engineer, you know, made pretty decent money out of college. I was like, I'm going to fucking ball out. I'm going to buy a fucking prime rib. The second the waiter brings the prime rib to the table, it all just hits me like a brick wall. And we're also in public. And like, I know this might be a little bit too much. And uh, if you're one of my coworkers who I know listens to this, don't take a, don't, uh, don't worry about it. But uh, yeah, I'm not a good public person. Uh, hi. So needless to say, that didn't help the situation. Yeah, that's understandable, especially with an edible that can just kind of, when it all hits you at once. Yeah, it was not good. So the second the primer gets in front of me, it hits. And I instantly lose my appetite. Like every bit of appetite I had was gone. And not only that, I'm not a rare guy, right? I asked for the medium because, you know, I'm me. And it is like, it, it, it is rare. Like it is just straight up rare. I'm too afraid to confront the waiter about it. <laughs> so I'm just choking down this prime rib because I knew I needed to eat. Like I knew I was hungry, but, <laughs> but I'm just choking it down, choking it down. And Melissa gets up at one point and just like, oh, I have to go to the bathroom. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, so I'm sitting there on my phone, like slowly cutting littler and littler and littler pieces. And eventually I just can't do it anymore. I probably have like literally three fourths of it left at this point. Cause it was a big ass piece. Like it was like, honestly, like the size of my face. And of course the waiter comes over. I'm alone at the table. I have to confront him about it now. Cause my girlfriend's plate was all but empty. And he was like, oh, is she all set? And I was like, yeah, like she had like maybe like three or four French fries left. And I was like, yeah, like she's all set. She'll be fine. And then he looks at my plate and he was like, how you doing? You want a box? And I was like, no, I'm good with it. He was like, was it not good? Imagine you had to answer that question in that situation. Oh my God. <laughs> that's just, I have nobody, nobody to bail me out. Nobody to like <laughs> deflect like awkwardness to. I just straight up was like, yeah, I'm just not that hungry. And he was like, you don't want to take it home? You don't want to have it for later? And I was like, oh, well, we're going to go see a movie after. And I don't know where I'm going to put it. And he was like, it's all right, man. Like, don't worry about it. And just takes it and walks away. If I was in that situation, that is the exact same way I would handle it. I wouldn't say anything at all. <laughs> I would just deal with it and then not bring it home. I've done that before. 
Yeah, I was I was just so awkward. Like, cause I was just like at least ready of like, oh, at least wanted like Wilson to be there to like, like I said, like deflect some of the awkwardness, but like yeah. <laughs> nope, I had to take it on head on. And like I was like, I was going through it at that point too. Like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, which makes it all the worse. <laughs> yep. I was I was well on my way to my trip. So <laughs> so yeah, I, I have now like anytime I think about eating a prime rib, like that's just the memory that's grained into my head. Just thinking about the awkward interaction I had while stoned at a fucking Boston restaurant with the nice ass piece of prime rib in front of me. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I totally understand uh, not being a big prime rib guy if that's like your first or one of your first experiences. Yeah, like I, I thought I was going to be big dick and, you know, flop it <laughs> out, but no, I, I learned very quickly not to do that. Yeah, like I, I like prime rib. I'm a rare guy, like I said. So like, and it, I feel like prime rib always comes like most of the time when you if you just order prime rib, you just get it more on the rare side than not. That's that's why I said medium because normally I'm a medium rare person. So yeah. I was like, I know I'm gonna want a little bit more cooked, and it just wasn't. <laughs> yeah, I, I, but I'd much prefer like like it's it's good. I just like I like the sear you get on a regular steak as opposed to a prime rib. And I think that's what the biggest thing where it comes down to me. I would agree. I love that crust. I love yeah. that little kind of crispiness. It, it definitely has a way bigger appeal for me. Yeah. Our food fact of the week is brought to us by thefactsite.com, the site for facts. John, did you know that the Flaming Hot Cheeto was invented by a janitor? I did not. Oh, well, in 1976, Richard Montanez made a pitch for the idea of Flaming Hot Cheetos to the Frito-Lays CEO. Richard was working as a janitor at the Frito-Lays plant in California and got the idea while eating elote, yep. assuming? Elote, a grilled corn on a stick which is an interesting way to think of a flaming hot cheetah, but that is, that's funny. Cause now I feel like whenever I see, I see a lot of like videos come through my Facebook or Instagram and stuff. And there'll be, whenever there's an Elote video, they're always covering it in flaming hot Cheetos. Uh, I see that uh, all the time. So that's kind of funny that that's how the flaming hot Cheetos got started. Interesting. So I wonder if it is just like a, like a crunchier, I don't even know what a Cheeto is made out of, honestly. Like a puff. Is it like a is it like yeah, a it's like corn? Made, yeah. Um yeah, it's like so. crispy cornmeal, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like whatever like a corn pop is, but like more yeah. towards like the savory side. <laughs> so I will admit though, I am not a spicy snack guy. Like I do not like flaming hot Cheetos. I do not like uh Takis. I do not like uh, hot fry I do like hot fries actually that's like my one exception which is like weird because okay. I feel like out of the three like that's one of the more like mid-level spice ones but um yeah I'm just not a hot snack guy I can't okay. I don't, I don't I, I don't eat spice for pleasure I see I do I will eat as hot as I can handle really yeah and I've always been like that ever since I was little I've always been a huge spicy food guy I can't um like there's a taco restaurant that I go to and they have a a Carolina Reaper hot sauce that they won't put on the taco for you. They give it in a little dish on the side because it's so hot. You get a dish with a spoon and you have to put it on your taco for for yourself. And I get that every time I go. 
Jesus. <laughs> I love it. Like, I don't you, know. Like, do you just not die? Like, does your mouth just not get too fucking numb? Like, do your eyes just not just like secrete liquid? Uh, my eyes will normally be fine and my mouth is normally okay. I'll start sweating though. On my upper lip and my forehead will start sweating like crazy. So it's not something like, like if I was going to go there on a date, I'm not going to get the hot sauce and just sweat through the whole thing. But like, I'm there with the boys or <laughs> I'm there getting dinner by myself. I'm going to get it. <laughs> yeah, I would hope that you wouldn't put yourself in that situation. <laughs> Make things awkward just sitting there dripping sweat the whole time. So what do you do for work? Uh, well, well. <laughs> no, I, I don't even know the spiciest thing I've ever eaten is. Um, I'm trying to think now. Um... My roommate used to have like the hot sauces from Hot Ones um, in college. I don't remember what level I had. It might have been like the six or seven one. And that, that was fucking hot. Like I did like a little like tip of a toothpick full. And that's still like eyes, water, nose, running, mouth. I needed like six glasses of milk. Like it was Jeez. awful. I'm, I'm just not a spice guy. Yep. Like I'll add it to like things like eggs um, I like I, I like a spicier salsa, like not like a like jalapeno to habanero level. I'm not like anything like habanero even is kind of pushing it for me sometimes. But if especially if it's like a mango or a peach habanero salsa, yep. really, really, really good. I really like those because I, I love the the fruit flavor like that with the habanero works super well. It really like that's that's it for me. Like like I eat food more for flavor than anything else and to me there just becomes a certain level of spiciness where it just is not pleasurable i don't taste anything <laughs> all i want to do is die and i just can't do it yeah no i, I totally understand that too and i i know i'm in the i'm in the minority here <laughs> with most people most people don't like spice like i do so that's that's actually that's so crazy like i i i, I literally like i'm thinking about a ghost pepper sauce and just cringing like ugh. like i know i know i can't do it <laughs> yeah i've always, always been like that though always as hot as i can handle did your like did your parents ever like give you like spicy foods as a kid or was it just like you just were naturally immune to it uh, a little of both like my uncle used to give me buffalo wings uh, okay. all the time when i was okay. little so that would that would be part of it but like yeah, I just, it, I think it just kind of got to the point where I would just kind of like test my limits too. be like, how much more can I handle? Like how much more, how much more heat can I handle? And like slowly get the tolerance up. <laughs> That's some like psycho shit. I'm not a, little bit, a, little bit, a little bit crazy. <laughs> All right, Johnny. Well, uh, we are approaching the end of the episode here. And to end the episode tonight, we are doing the only a reoccurring segment on this podcast, and that is Stir in the Pot. Stir in the Pot. There you go. Where we debate popular food topics because we can. See, we don't even need Kyle to come back. <laughs> Little self-plug. I don't really like, I'm not a big birthday guy, and I don't really like to, to promote my birthday at all. But uh, this past week, it was my birthday, last Friday. And... Um, I was away on a ski trip with some of my friends and we were staying at an Airbnb for the night and uh, they bought me a birthday cake. First off, the birthday cake had 69 exclamation point for the candles. Uh, very it nice, said, very nice. it said, it's a boy. 
and then just had my name like written as if it were an afterthought on it, which was perfect. Like I, I, I have zero, like zero upset about that kid. About that oh, that kid. sounds amazing. It was pretty <laughs> fucking funny, honestly. And um, we were drinking from like four and then like after we got off the mountain, like we went to like the bar after and at the lodge and uh, we went, like, got Ubers back to the Airbnb, whatever. Um, yeah. So we were, we were all like, you know, relatively having fun at that point. Yeah. Um, so it was pretty fucking funny, but the thing I just didn't have the heart to tell my friends and I am having the heart to tell them now because it's not my birthday anymore. <laughs> I fucking hate birthday cake frosting. Like actually most cake frostings, unless it's like a buttercream or like a, mm-hmm. anything like that. I hate, 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 hate frosting. Okay. Okay. I, I don't know if I would say I hate it, but I'm very picky with it. Like there, there are definitely times where I eat cake and I just like will eat the inside of the cake and just kind of leave the frosting edge because it's just, it's too sweet for me a lot of the time. I think all birthday cake frosting is sweet. Like I don't have, I, like I said, unless it's like a buttercream or anything like yeah. that, I've never ever thought of birthday cake frosting was good. Yeah, it's just, it's not my... Uh... I, I prefer cake like with as little frost, even not birthday cake frosting, any other kind of frosting is typically like bare minimum when I'm going to have a cake. Like I'd rather uh, focus on the actual cake itself. And I feel like a lot of the time I get a cake and it's like just so frosting heavy and it just ends up being dense too. And just, just too much. Yeah. I know, I know this cake came from Walmart, I think too. So <laughs> I'm, I'm going to assume that the people at Walmart aren't really going through the efforts to make a nice, good, fresh frosting at that point. Yeah, your assumption's probably right. <laughs> do you, do you, I'm assuming you guys have made your fair share of cakes, right? Uh, we actually don't make cakes. Oh, at my okay. bakery. Yeah. So okay. we don't, so I don't have to do that. Uh, we do uh, like dessert pies and stuff. So we do a lot of that, uh, okay. but no cakes. Well, that's, good i'm glad i don't have to go in there one day and just hate the cake so <laughs> i'm glad there's not even an option for that um, so you said typically like you like other types of cake what are your favorite types of cake um so for my birthday every year ever since i was little my mom has made one where it's a chocolate cake and she like puts holes in the in the top of it like she'll bake the cake put holes in the top of it and then take a can of condensed milk and pour it over the top, and then a can of caramel sauce, and pour that over too. And it is fantastic. Holy it shit! It keeps it so moist and so delicious. I, wow, <laughs> wow. That's do, is there like a name for it? Have you guys ever come up with the name for no, it? No, it's just it's just been like the birthday cake that she makes. <laughs> wow, that it's wow, the, it's the best. It's that sounds favorite. really good. That's so good. <laughs> do you guys make like a big one or is it just like yeah a- yeah we'll have a pan that's uh i don't know how to size it'll last us a while i'll be i'll be eating it for like for like a week i'll be munching on it <laughs> it'll be your birthday week yeah <laughs> i i like a strawberry cake like the strawberry cream cakes um, okay i yep. like the whipped cream frosting i really mm-hmm. like those um i am a low-key a fan of angel food cake okay like, okay I, but i like it with the whipped cream and frosting yeah or the whipped cream and uh, strawberries rather Yep. Yeah, like I like I I do like that. My grandmother makes a really good one. Obviously, ice cream cake. I know it's not like a traditional cake, but no, but it's great. Like if you don't like ice cream cake, I feel like there's something wrong with you. Yeah, ice cream cake's fantastic. Like especially the little like the chocolate crumb. That's the best part. The 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 layer of the little like chocolate beads of like 
crunchiness is just <laughs> yeah like i don't even know what it is like i want to call it like oreo like the that's, cookie part of the oreo yeah right that's that's what it's that's what it seems like like it has to be yeah see i'm a crunch guy so i would love for one day there to be like crunch pieces of like bunch of crunch or something in there oh that would be fantastic that would probably oh, that would be you. that would be phenomenal caraval hit me up you, you know you know ideas guy. <laughs> <laughs> all right john well i want to say thank you so much for joining us here tonight on my dad's a chef uh you truly stepped up to the plate and knocked it out of the park i know i said plenty of times in our conversation but I feel like these are some of the most insightful food conversations we've had on this podcast so oh, far. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me, Bill. It was a blast. Awesome. Um, I don't know if you have anything you want to plug or promote, but I mean, you're more than welcome to. Nah, no, I, I don't have anything really, so. <laughs> All right. Works for me. Um, so uh, I'm going to give you the option. Do you want to do you want to offer the people the dessert or do you want to give the people the dessert? Ooh, I'll give the people the dessert. All right. I can do that. All right. So, John, the script is right there. You have it in front of you. Let's give the people their dessert. All right. All right, people, please like, rate, and share the pod. We're hungry. We know you're hungry. We all got to eat. So, let's eat. Thank you guys for listening. And as a disclaimer, our dads are chefs. Mine's not. Uh, we, we know what we're talking about. <laughs> Thank you, guys. <laughs>